Welcome to Everything You Need Is Within, a Spotify Greenroom live audio show and podcast produced by and for Gen Z. With me, your host, Gigi Robinson. Welcome to Everything You Need Is Within. I am so excited to bring one of my dear friends and very exciting guests to the show tonight. Their name is Owen Pearson, and I am so excited for all of you to meet him. He's the best, and he is just an incredible advocate on his social media pages for mental health, body image, and really embracing your identity. So um, without further ado, hello. Hi. Welcome to the welcome to the stage tonight. <laughs> Hi, Gigi. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's so cool that you're doing this with Spotify and that you wanted to have me mm-hmm. on. There's just... Uh, there's so much I could talk about in this space, and I'm just so excited to dig in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much for coming. Um, as a lot of you probably can see, the title of the show tonight is going to predominantly be about mental health in relation to social media and the pressures that we have. So um, before we get into that, could you just tell our audience a little bit about one, your work, two, your mental health advocacy journey, and three, mm-hmm. why it's important to you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, so I started doing this because I got my degree actually in psychology and education. And I early on, like six, seven years ago, when Instagram was such a different space, I saw like a few YouTubers and a few people like really just being personalities on social media and seeing how they were really using their platforms with their different demographic of audiences and like making money and making a career out of just being a personality, being themselves. And that was always so fascinating to me, you know, like, oh, you can be yourself and make money, like, so interesting. So I saw an opportunity to, like, go to Los Angeles. I'm from originally D.C. I started off as a photographer, and I kind of grew from there, like, with my platform. And I now really focus on mental health advocacy, uh, specifically with the LGBTQIA space, because I'm part of it. I'm a queer Asian-American man, and I just really have a lot of passion for it, because I feel like, especially in the last couple years, we've all seen it with what's been going on in the world, with just so many things with discrimination and just like, I feel like that representation has never been there. So it's been humbling to like speak on it, but also see the different things that happen behind the scenes in advocacy, even and in the the spaces of social media that a lot of viewers don't really get to experience or know in social media that happens with like campaigns and all the exciting, cool things that you get to see on social media. But there's just so much more happening behind the scenes that I feel like when you talk about mental health, you're just more aware of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think it's so interesting. I didn't know you started as a photographer. Um, Oddly familiar, because I'm a photographer too. But um, I, you know, I, I think it's like you're saying so important to talk about, especially because without that transparency, and without the dialogue to really understand one, what it's like to be a creator uh, behind the scenes, and two, what, what happens and how it affects us, like, emotionally, cognitively, you know, technologically, like what is going on there? Um, It's so important. And I think that's how both of us got drawn to a lot of our 
I guess our advocacy work specifically around being like allies. I know both of us have done work in that before, but we met through a program that Yahoo did called Allyship And, and it was a program where we focused predominantly on elevating and being allies specifically to the Black community in the world. And I think it was an amazing program for a good amount of time, but I know both you and I had other interests as well in really extending our advocacy into our own identity. So for you, it was um, a lot about being an Asian American and stopping Asian hate, because obviously that is like a huge problem in our society today. Um, For me, it's about being an ally to disabled and chronically ill people, um, to, you know, to women, to Asian people, to LGBTQ plus people, to black people, to minorities, which is basically everyone. And like, what is that? What inspired that for you? Yeah, I mean, exactly. You said we joined the Yahoo allyship and it was so beneficial. We learning so much at a time, especially during the pandemic, when we were inside all day and like, what are we doing with our time? What are we doing on our platforms to our thousands of followers? And that really just gave me a courage to speak up, but also look at my own community in the Asian American space. And then when everything happened in March, you know, a lot of people were getting um, riled up and worried. And the media was actually finally focusing on the Asian hate crimes and like talking about it. And when we were in this fellowship program, you know, with Yahoo was there was silence and I feel like a lot of times I felt very I felt very confused. I was like, okay, we're in this allyship, learning about activate activism and nothing's really happening for my minority community. You know, right. I was like very discouraged. So I remember I just spoke up in the group DMs we had with all the other influencers and yeah. I was like, Hey, I'm not okay with being a part of a an allyship program that doesn't stand up for me and what I'm doing. You know, like I am so grateful for all you're doing for the BLM movement, for everything happening there. But why are we not speaking up for other minority communities? Because we're all in this Mm -hmm. together, you know, we're all trying to combat white supremacy, combat so much that's happening. So actually I was so, I was like, I'm done. Like I'm speaking up because it's like, nothing's happening. I need to do my focus, my energy somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And when I did that, when I did that, you know, every other influencer and advocate actually said, Hey, I agree with you. I support you. I think the same way I was wondering the same thing. And then because of that, it kind of pushed Yahoo to look, look at their platform. Like, Oh, we need to look at it, dive deeper. Yeah. And actually the people doing the fellowship were so kind and so like, Mm-hmm. They were so they were so open to it, and they're like, "Yeah, like we feel like there's just a lot that happens in the higher up in headquarters." And they looked into that, and because of that, they really did support by amplifying you and me um, for their <laughs> for their campaign with Made of Millions uh, to showcase us for their campaign to wa- raise awareness for mental health. And I think that was so really cool and really important. And I think that's how that's how you and me connected, obviously. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah. it's like. Sometimes it, you know, I'm not saying it was performative, but sometimes it feels performative because mm. social media get, got to see that, right? They got to see that really amazing moment. But then, you know, what happens behind the scenes or what happens afterwards is really what I'm trying to, trying to like <laughs> even comprehend nowadays. It's like, yes, that was a really important time, really uh, humbling to represent Asian Americans at that time. But then it's like, did what happened afterwards what was the follow-through right. i think a lot of people do get discouraged with social media um, advocacy because like is this benefiting less long term or was it just for a moment in history right. that it needed to be talked about you know absolutely and i think it's so 
important to talk about. It's so interesting to talk about because just because you stand up for one cause, I think that, sorry, this is what I think that a lot of times the misconception that happens on social media, because everything's Mm -hmm. polarized and everything is seen through basically a one-sided lens. You can only see what people are putting on the outside. It's kind of like a bubble, right? You're seeing the outside of the bubble, but you're not, and you're seeing the reflections of the world, like coming back at you from that bubble, that sphere of a bubble or whatever shape it is. And you're not seeing inside until it pops. Um, And ultimately I think that like, when it comes to being an ally and when when it comes to speaking up, you absolutely need to speak your truth. And just because you do that for one specific area doesn't mean that you're not supportive of another. And I feel like so often with social media, that's where people get canceled, where it's like, oh, they were just being performative for this one thing. And now they're standing up for another and it doesn't make sense. But it's like, no, you're standing up for something that one, you, you care about. And two, it doesn't mean that you're not doing everything you can behind the scenes. Exactly. Um, so that's, yeah, just, just really important. And for those that don't know, um, when we're referring to this Yahoo thing, I'll link it in the description um, and below, but uh, we were in a campaign that was kind of like, like Owen said, to amplify our communities and um, to put an emphasis on mental health around social media. So um, I just wanted to ask you how you cope. I know you have a huge platform of over 200,000 followers on Instagram. How do you deal daily with being so truthful and advocating for things and really holding that integrity. I know you behind the scenes. So everyone, I know he's a great person um, and he means every single word of what he posts. Um, But how do you uphold that and uphold all of the other opinions and, you know, the feedback from people on the internet? Cause it's, it can be really, really frustrating and also like difficult. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm just a person, so I'm like, hi, I'm barely, I'm barely making it through, too. <laughs> like, when, is, when are things going to get better? Like, it's all the little things you do, like going to therapy, getting out of the house, going for a walk, calling that one friend that you haven't talked to in a long time. But really, the social media aspect of it is, like you said earlier, like, people only see a certain perspective. So they see a linear thing of your post chronologically, like, oh, he talked about this. Is he going to talk about it again? But really, it's like, we need to give each other more space and freedom to to grow on our platforms, no matter how many followers you have. That's what I've recognized is like, I've been telling my story on social media for years, like over seven, six, seven, eight years. And I'm able to see where I was at one point and grow from that. But other people might only see your work in that moment. And that's always mm. been a struggle for me, someone who tries to be authentic in a, in a space that it's so it's so much easier to like, stay in your own lane in your own niche market like and it, I, I see people in the beauty community or I see people mm-hmm. in, the fa- in the fashion community or just travel and it's like I love you know skincare routines I love traveling I love fashion but I'm not someone who can just totally do that kind of content and then maybe get brand deals and get followers who are just interested in that and become like a niche influencer right like for me it, it, for me it's so personal it's like I want to be able to not be in a box and do one topic I want to be able to be lifestyle and be spontaneous when pop culture and news or media really needs more attention so my audience knows like I'm live I'm right now in the raw authentic moment mm-hmm. but that doesn't that doesn't always favor us because social media has its own rules and we are like kind of just like one entity of social media and there's you know this year especially like I've 
really learn through leaning in and asking for help. Like it really does get you farther in life. Like when I asked for help, like a lot of my other influencer friends offered their spaces to talk about different topics and mm-hmm. Instagram, Instagram directly reached out to me and like you posted my video for the stop Asian hate movement onto their platform, onto their guide for stop Asian hate, you know, and um, I got to connect with their creators program. Like just a lot of opportunities came my way that I wasn't expecting, but I knew I had to speak up and that's what propelled me to do so is like, if I speak up, this is something that I know everyone in my audience is wanting to talk about versus knowing my own mental health with my anxiety. It's like doing so it's like, I don't know what kind of backlash is going to happen. You know, you think about those things or I don't know if this is really going to benefit long-term because, and in the moment you, you really won't know, you won't really get to know, but it's like, it does, it was like very bad. It was very humbling and like, like like very in- intense to have all that happen at the time and then your mental health does kind of take a kickback honestly like because in that it was like such a different time you know now we're going through other things in the news and pop culture and media so it's like you finally feel like represented in your space but then it's like even you like looking back you're like oh like it was posted everywhere everyone was reposting it but now it's kind of dying down mm-hmm. but what I really do is like I don't think about that chronological sense because I know people are doing the work behind the scenes as well because I am too like I'm reading different things I'm following pages as well that I know are still posting about it that do stay in that niche market whereas me it's like the stop Asian hate movement really gave me a voice in things that I never thought I could talk about so you know I talk about the queer community I talk about mental health but I never really put together that being Asian American also is a big part about why I was uh, needing to talk about mental health because there's not many people who look like me who are in this in the uh, space and platform that I am to be able to do it and reach more people um, and I think you, I think you can relate to that too right it's like <laughs> there aren't many people who who speak on what you're you represent and I think like a lot of times we feel like we're underrepresented but then it's like if you look at yourself and what you represent maybe you can be that representation and it doesn't have to be to thousands of people it can be in your classroom, it could be at work, it could be in so many moments that I've had also without even connecting to my platform. Absolutely. I think another thing that you just said that is something that I say all of the time, um, especially to people that want to be a creator who are interested in it, but don't know where to start, or they feel like having, you know, 15 followers is small. I, I frame it this way. I say, look, how many, like, imagine you're hosting a party and 15 people show up. That's like a pretty decently sized dinner party, right? Like pretty average and decent dinner party. Imagine 100 people show up or 100 people like your post. That's a full lecture hall. Imagine a 1000 people do that's a full like concert hall. Imagine, you know, 5000. That's like a big concert, like so on and so forth. And I think when you frame things that way, it can be like, at least I touched XYZ person or, or that many, um, that many people. And at the end of the day, I personally am okay if my, my shows and my content reach one person um, and it impacts them to either build their confidence, strengthen their mental health, become a better advocate for whatever it is specifically and hopefully for mental health and, um, you know, disability and chronic illness. But um, those are those are what I'm passionate about. And just because I'm passionate about those doesn't mean that I'm not passionate about learning and being an ally and amplifying any other marginalized community on my page or in my content. Um, And I think that's probably one of the bigger mistakes um, that I feel like a lot of people within the influencer industry make. And 
there's two sides to it. One side, I think people really say, you know, it's my platform. I'm going to use it how I want to. And if I'm not educated on XYZ, then I'm not going to talk about it. And I agree with that. I went to a research university as well. I got a BFA in art design and photography. So all I did was analyze art and write about art, which is basically what social media is now. And now I'm getting my master's to learn even more about how that affects us cognitively. So with that, I am like, okay, people don't want to share something unless they are knowledgeable about it. I can respect that. What I can't really respect is if people like notice something, post something, and then move on like five seconds later with, with something else. Um, and I feel like the balance is hard because at the same time you want there to be coverage, but activism on Instagram can be so, so performative because all people do is post a graphic and move on and then they're not going live about it or they're not, you know, watching the news and they, they use Instagram as their source of um, like news, which is, I don't know. I think it's a little problematic because obviously it's biased and, um, now with that new feature, it can be like censored. So it's like, yeah. how can you tell what what's real and what's not? And also like, how can you tell somebody's integrity on or offline unless you have a conversation with them? Um, what's your take on that? No, like, uh, without, like, there's so much tea in that. Like, you know, you, there's always like the whole of cancel culture that you mentioned earlier. Like, there's so much like that happens because you don't know. You don't know if what their intentions are with these influencers and advocates in this space sometimes, you know, like, are they just doing it for followers or for money? It's, it's hard to know because it is our job on one point. On the other hand, it's like you as a follower, you as a person have to also look within and be like, is this worth my time? Is this research actually valid or is there more behind the scenes I need to look into as well? And like, I have really good advocate friends. Like um, one of my friends, his name is Pink Mantra. He's a trans Asian American, um, you know, athlete. Love, love, Skyler, love, Skyler. Yeah. And then my other friend, good friends, Blair Imani, like an amazing also Muslim, love. Uh, queer advocate. And yeah, they, they are perfect examples of like utilizing their platforms for other voices and minority groups, but also their specific niches. And they're very good at asking for help from other advocates. Like uh, Skylar has asked me multiple times to do a post with him with other advocates to talk about different topics for the trans community and for rights, for the trans rights just in general, which is so important. And you know, is he never pushes it to be like, you have to post this, like, because, you know, if he did it like that, it's like, oh, like, you're just doing it for your own benefit. But he's been very humble and very just putting himself out there. And what you don't realize is when you put yourself out there, like when I did my video for Instagram for Stop Asian Hate, you get a lot of backlash, like people like who don't have the same beliefs as you really come for you and attack you in other categories and ways. And that's part of the job, though. That's what we signed up for in a way. Like we know that everyone has the right to their opinion, the freedom of speech, but there's so much other things that are like, this is uncalled for. Like, you don't get to say this and this to this person. You don't get to judge them for this. But on the flip side with social media ad- advocacy, it sometimes can be performative and other people do it because they want their name on it and they just post a pretty graphic or they post something that they think is going to help. Um, you know, it's just, that's, I don't really see that as often. It's more like people might, like you said, post something, repost something on their stories and then feel like, you know, pat on the back, like I did something good. But social media is just one avenue of many tools to really learn, unlearn and relearn different strategies to actually apply it into your real life, right? And 
that's what I think is so cool about social media. Like I, like I could go on and on about the negative things, but social media also has so many positive traits that really connect us. Like for you and me, right? Like we, we've talked on the phone multiple times and with a lot of my friends that I see them growing, it's like, I want to build it, build a network and connect with them. And I feel like that's, what's beautiful too with social media is you connect with people on such deeper levels because in a way like you're not just trauma bonded, but you're also just social media, is a job and we don't have HR. We don't have people looking out for us behind the scenes, really like Instagram changes all the time without telling us. And social media is always developing new algorithms for different spaces that happen. So it's really us kind of like by ourselves at our own phones or desks and computers. So when we do connect, it gets really exciting and cool to be able to see that, you know, and I think that's the beauty of social media. You really do get to connect. Absolutely. In the past year, I've literally made so many new friends, including you, um, who can be really important, especially in times of like need where let's say, like you were saying, like if I wanted to do a post on about Asian hate and like how people can amplify that, or you wanted to do a post about disability and chronic Mm -hmm. illness and, and amplifying that and also making sure that like not only are you sharing one specific niche, but you can share others. And I think it's also important to note that like at the end of the day, people's Instagrams are really just like a scrapbook of their life. And mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, for me, I'm like all very purpose driven. I really want all my content to help people and be kind of like a resource. Like if they, if they need it or they want to read something that's quick and, and shares a little bit of like, confidence boosting uh like language or um a little mental health note or helps them deal with their chronic illness in a certain way like that's what my page is for but it doesn't discount any of the other work that like I do outside of that and it is also like you said like we don't it's weird because we don't have HR. We don't have like a whole team. Well, some people, some of us have teams, but right. it's, it's not corporate America. Like we're not, you know, 401ks out here. Um, <laughs> and that can also be really difficult, especially when you have a million things to manage. I know sometimes, um, which I don't know how transparent influencers really are, but on this pod, I share it all. So you know, creating content as a freelancer, as an artist, as a photographer, as, you know, a a voiceover person, um, an artist, it's all about self-negotiation. And in the, in the brands that I work with, like, I really try my best to uphold my voice and the integrity that I hold for my brand and my values. And that's what I think the biggest, um, I don't want to call it a red flag, but like the biggest red flag that people see when they use influencers or work with influencers is they think that we're just doing it for a paycheck. And um, I feel like that can be really damaging for both sides because when a brand thinks that way of a creator, it diminishes their work and their value. Um, And when a creator, you know, kind of finds out that they have been used as either the diversity token um, for a campaign or, um, you know, like the, the face of a campaign for the wrong reasons, it can be really damaging. And then also not to mention, you'll have to deal with all of that backlash. Um, What do you think about, brands using diverse creators on campaigns um is it 
are they doing it in in a good way or what are ways that they can get better at amplifying and being more honest with the way that they structure their programming and advertisement yeah, that's a great question there's i like there's so many more layers to that than just like a concrete oh, one yeah. direction so answer many layers. um it really depends on what brand you're talking to like if it's more of like a a boutique like brand by like a small family small business it's like their budget is going to be so different than like a larger corporation brand that has like millions of dollars to to drop on a commercial or to drop on influencer campaigns or ads you know it just it really depends but at the end of the day it's like looking within their corporations of who's working within them because if they really had a solid team behind the scenes they wouldn't have the issues of token tokenism you know it they would already know to use diversity and body size, race, age, everything, you know, would be very clear. Um, and then you wouldn't feel like mental, like mental health wise, you wouldn't feel like you have to really voice your opinion or speak up in a way that makes you anxious of like, but my worth is actually this much money wise, or um, I feel I'm being used this way. It's like, you wouldn't have those gut wrenching feelings of like, why am I feeling used? It's because you probably are. But a lot of companies are just getting started to get used to the idea of diversity. Um, it's just like numbers don't lie. That's what I always tell people. Numbers don't lie. It's like a lot of brands have benefited for so long just having the same basic people represented in their campaigns. That's just facts. Like they have profited so much that they've just been disillusioned to think anything else would benefit, right? Right. And they question things when, like, they use a new influencer or use a new platform um, or anything in general. And they're like, oh, the numbers aren't the same. Why am we getting less traction? It must be the influencer's fault. It must be this new one. It's like, no, like, you've already built this the systematic racism in your company. And the, the company that you've been building off has uh, has benefited from using this very white cookie cutter standard of marketing and the, it's that's my perspective as far as big corporations like it's it's hard to change a whole group of people a whole group of a sales demographic when you've been so focused in that sense like it's, it goes into sustainability which I'm very passionate about and you know I think it's hard sometimes as an influencer to stand up for something like sustainability when like a lot of what we make money from is like different brands right and that's consumerism but nothing is perfect nothing is cut cookie cutter anyway so it's like you have to like really Think about, like, are you willing to work within the system or are you working out of the system to help change it? Like, is me being, for example, an Asian-American queer content creator representing this brand going to make a difference or is it going to really help break the mold of, like, oh, I'm different. Like, they're using me, even though it might be a token, but, like, hopefully this creates a safer space where I can – more representation can happen because I'm succeeding in this. And right. hopefully I'm standing up. By doing this, it gives them more opportunity to look into other – creators or artists as well and it's also my job then and responsibility to look into their businesses and you know their model yeah. their mission statement and then like pitch other people to be like oh i know this person or this person right. building a community within these structures is so important i think yeah it's like honestly definition of taking one for the team for lack of a better word it's like you are and and by the way the team is basically changing the way that we use influencers for campaigns and contract them and promote their work and their advertisements. Mm -hmm. So um, 
That is super important. I also wanted to talk a little bit about identity. But before we do that, I know we've been talking for about 30 minutes. Everyone, if you're listening, grab some water, grab a bev, take a snack. I like to I like to have little uh, breaks in the middle here. And um, probably around 45 minutes, I will uh, bring somebody up to ask some questions. So if you have questions, type them in the chat and or please make sure to raise your hand in about 15 minutes. Yes, we'll spill all the tea, whatever you want. <laughs> my Lord, I wonder if you can hear me like gulping water down on the mic. I did. Oh my gosh. A- it was very ASMR. <laughs> perfect, perfect. This is not an ASMR channel. Yeah, maybe I'll have an ASMR episode one time and I'll just talk for an hour and whispering is that even like possible would i feel like i would strain my vocal cords anyway (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay amazing then it's gonna happen i'm gonna do it um but okay so let's get into it about identity um i know that you have a really you know passionate inspiring and um layered experience with your identity. Um, are you okay to tell us a little bit about how you got there? And, you know, just, I guess with people that may be listening who are having um, maybe like difficulty finding their identity or even coming out, like, would you be open to talking to our audience about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think like my mantra in life is I am the author of my own story. Like, I'm very much, you know, you create your own story. You are in charge of the chapters you write. And it's so important to lean into that because for me, I grew up in a cult. And I also grew up very closeted because it was a religious cult that was against uh, the LGBT community. So, and that's such, it's interesting because like today's society is so fascinating with cults, right? Like I grew up in a cult called the Unification Church and you know, it just really shaped a lot of my life and it made me have to really live a double life, hiding who I was and figuring out who I wanted to be outside of this cult if I ever got out of it, right? Um, spoiler alert, I got out of it and then joined the influencer cult of social media, you know? It's like, <laughs> um, you know, it's just interesting to look back on my life and be like, the reason I'm so passionate about mental health, the reason I'm in social media is because I didn't feel like I had a community or a group of people that knew me or understood me because I didn't see representation of that. And I knew that was always a big issue for me is like seeing a lack of representation in my life, but being around people that I loved and cared about, obviously, but you grow up as a person, an individual, and you, everyone I think can relate to the topic of like the identity, like, who am I? What do I want to do in this world, in this precious life? You know, like you have moments in your life that really shape who you are and change everything in your perspective on life. And for me, my pillars were always being Asian, mixed race, like I'm half Japanese, half white, and then being queer, and then also, you know, my my cult background. It's like those three things always were a big part of me, and they always shaped my mental health and, like, always having to really check in and dig into who I was, and I think that made me very independent. Like, I really was self-reliant my whole life. I got a job very early on in my life. I you know, I quit high school in freshman year, middle of the year and homeschooled myself because I wanted to be independent and not be in that space, like following a system that I thought for me, public school wasn't working. So I did that, finished, went to community college, went to George Mason University, graduated early, and then quickly went to grad school, realized it wasn't for me, left everything behind for my church upbringing 
I moved to LA and did the whole thing of like following your dreams and realizing LA is has a lot of like bad people. I don't know if they can curse on here, but has a yeah, lot of people. That's fine. It's like just people in general that don't really have a space for you because everyone in LA is on this hustle mindset. I'm sure similar in New York City where everyone's yeah. working so hard to make their dreams come true. And that always to me was so toxic because it equals like a burnout sense, like a burnout, like burnout culture is real too. Like where mm. you're just going and going and trying to prove yourself to everyone when really you just need to find a sense of serenity and peace within yourself. And that's mm-hmm. something I never really had. I never really had until this year alone where I really, uh, I, I moved to Hawaii to be with my chosen family. Like I have Filipino family there that like opened their home to me because I knew last year during the pandemic was really hard. And I really got to see myself represented in Hawaii because it's a very mixed Asian community. Like Asian population is majority there. And there's no such thing as like Asian hate in Hawaii. It's just they have normal hate or maybe colorism. But in Hawaii, it was like a beautiful experience. But then quickly I realized even Hawaii, like they have problems with colonization and, you know, the indigenous land being stolen from America. It's like you no matter where you go in life, whatever you learn to be a part of, you know, in life, you realize like there's always going to be people that are underrepresented who are hurting and a group of people benefiting from that environment or that situation, right? Like mm. as much as we love social media, you and me, it's like social media is really benefiting us and helping us with our stories and narratives. And like, like now, for example, like I'm getting closer to like a book deal. And I know you're writing a book mm-hmm. and it's like, I'm really getting to represent my community, but like at what cost, right? Like our mental right. health is so, it's so intimate. It's so raw. And sometimes I think we forget that mental health matters like the reason I I will die on this this pillar of mental health is like I just have seen too many people in my life lose their life to suicide to depression cut people out because they're so alone and for so long everyone thought they were fine or thought they were doing okay um and there's this one page I really encourage a lot of people to look into it's called self-care is for everyone and they have close to like a million followers and they reached out to me during a time of crisis this year where they really saw me and really wanted to amplify me and help me and they now I like know the people who work behind the scenes like um, they're just the greatest woman and they just really have so much love for the community they built but again when you step into any space like they have for example like their focus is mental health awareness and really focusing on things on like you know helping anxiety depression um, suicidal like thoughts just all these things that people probably deal with but don't really talk about right and that's something that I'm realizing too, is like I'm representing BIPOC, Asian American, mental health awareness, LGBTQIA awareness. And when I did, when I started doing that, especially this last two years, every brand in the whole world wanted to work with me and be like, let's use Owen, let's pay Owen. Let's like, it was so mm-hmm. cool. Like working with the biggest brands in the world, like it's, right. a, it's, it's a big dopamine rush. It's like, wow, like yeah. I'm getting validated in so many ways that I never thought possible. But why do I feel so empty? Why do I feel so numb? Mm-hmm. And it, it's a lot of it is imposter syndrome. A lot of it is you grow up for so long in your life with this mental blockade of I'm not good enough. Asian American, being Asian, being queer for so long in society, mainstream media has never been fully represented in a positive light. It's always been like the side character or the joke or the comedic relief or, you know, just an extra. Right. It's never right. been like the pivotal moment. Like, there, until recently, there hasn't been much Asian queer 
even mental health struggles like represent in a positive light it's always like oh my gosh woe is me or woe is them mm. so really it's like it's it's paving a new way of, a new way of life a new way of society looking at us and being like wow like yeah they belong it's normal it's not like a big deal anymore like coming out shouldn't be a big deal but when i came out in 2017 made the whole youtube video like all of us queers do but when i did that like i gained thousands of followers it was it was mind-blowing it was really cool but at the end of the day you realize like you have to feel it for yourself you have to do it for yourself or else you're gonna hit a plateau and it's gonna feel really empty if you keep giving yourself to everyone else and not do it for yourself Right, you know, right. That the, it's more important to be fulfilled than ha than like to successful. I think it ha they they pair really well together, and it's awesome when you get success and fulfillment. But a lot of times, I think people are just chasing chasing the success. And I've seen so many of my friends burn out and like quit social media altogether. But they mm -hmm. have like such a huge platform, but their mental health is not in check, so they don't care anymore. Right, and that is honestly like an untalked about thing in the industry. First of all, and um, second of all, I I really genuinely feel that because like you know especially in this past year I think it has been a horrible year and a half um there's nothing that you can say to discount all of the really horrific things that have happened throughout this pandemic and in the world and in the year of 2020 and currently in 2021 and the pressure when you have a following to always speak up about something can be so damaging and I know lately a lot of people have been um scared to speak up on things that are controversial because they're scared of getting canceled and it really breaks my heart because this next generation is growing up with kind of one this fear this this constant fear of like if I post something on the internet what are the repercussions and not the way that I believe you and I did I mean you're millennial right mm -hmm. yeah so like you know we grew up with and without social media in a lot of ways. Um, I grew up always saying, oh, make sure, you know, your Facebook is like clean images, no pictures of you partying or being too crazy because colleges are going to look at it or eventually internships are going to look at it. Now, I don't know if they look at Facebook, but I'm pretty sure they look at your Instagram. Like I, when I was interviewing at Warner Bros, they were like, yeah, we stalked you on Instagram. I was like, oh, okay, good. And like my bosses follow me and everything from there. And, you know, that, that was like a really interesting experience because at the time I was like this uh how old was I I think I was like 19 or 20 at the time when that happened and um I was just like oh, okay casually like m the way that I represent myself on social media shows my personality my integrity my uh my values my work ethic my content and that's like a lot of stuff that's what you call a portfolio baby um that's what oh, yeah. we apply to jobs with and I mean, look at that new like TikTok campaign, right? Like TikTok resume, submit a resume through TikTok. Like that's crazy that we're at this point where we're able to speak about our work and acquire work that way. Um, so I think that's interesting. But I see so many people really fall under this um, cycle of like, I need to continue working and hustling and I mean, guilty as charged. I'm one of those people. Um, I feel like a lot of the times I forget to celebrate a lot of what I'm doing, even though I'm hustling and I enjoy it and I, I see the results happening. Um, 
and even having an opportunity to like express my my voice like this on Spotify Green Room is like an honor and a privilege to be able to do. But that didn't come like you said, without doing all of that hard work of advocating for people with chronic illness and disabilities and speaking up about it and sharing my experience of dealing with significant ableism in my university from teachers and from the people around me, um, which made it extremely difficult for me to finish my degree, which I did in December, one semester later than I planned. Um, But it's... It's, I think social media can do so many good things, but like you're saying, it is so important to take a step back and go to therapy. Make sure that you are taking the time to do self-care or whatever, whatever that means for you. Some people it's going for a walk. Others, it means drinking tea can be whatever you want. Uh, I just think it's, it's all really, really important. And I love the way that you talk about it as well on social media and, I mean, for a second, I guess we could also talk about brand partnerships and like the pressure that that puts on us. (laughs) Because, you know, let's say a piece of content that you make ends up on a billboard. That's a big deal. Um, What kind of pressure have you specifically dealt with with brand partnerships? That's a great question. I mean, yeah, like brand partnerships is my main stream of income. And I'm very lucky to have it be my full-time job now, but it wasn't always the case. You know, even just last year alone during the pandemic, like most of my campaigns got canceled and I was like, okay, well now I got to figure out, now I got to change my, yeah, change my platform. And Mm -hmm. I focused in on talking about um, things that I cared about, which was a lot of political things and a lot of things about raising awareness for the vaccine. And when I did Mm -hmm. that, like the the California government reached out to me directly and was like, Hey, we want to work with you and pay you to talk about vaccines. And like, that's such an interesting concept to me. It's like, oh my gosh, like normal everyday people, including myself a few years ago, like you like getting paid to like talk about getting vaccinated. is like, that's such a different concept, but here we are like giving resumes to TikTok and getting talk, advocating for things that really matter, which I think is the cool part. Like actually doing things like talking about mental health vaccinations or just things in general, I think really matter to creating a better space in general outside of social media. But, um, it's hard sometimes, like, I had, like, a campaign that I'm doing right now with Tylenol, and it's, like, a long-term partnership, and right. their message is, like, they do care with pride, and it's, so, it's such an important message to have pride be all, all year round, not just mm-hmm. perform, performatively in June, so it's, like, for me, I guess, with that partnership, like, I was so, ex- I'm so excited to be partnered with them, but then you can't help but compare it to other things that you're doing, and it's, like, oh, but this brand really only reached out to me in June, and it's like, I won't name names, but a lot of brands did. And it's like after June, like they just didn't, I didn't hear from them ever again. Like their rainbow right. on their platform went away and that's fine. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, and like mental health awareness month is in May. So even that month before, like, I think for example, May and June are just the busiest. They're always the busiest months for me, except for the holidays. And it's like, it's a reality check to me sometimes of like brands really do are the reasons why I can afford to live this life and pay for yeah. advocacy, pay for my advocacy and like do the research offline to help do the best kind of content and talk about the things I do. But then it's like, where do I draw the line of like saying yes to everything or mm-hmm. being, being okay with like kind of being on this hamster wheel of social media of like, okay, like it's only happening during this time period. Like I have to, I have to do it. I have to say yes to all of it. Right. On the other hand, it's like, do I have to say yes to all of it? Can mm-hmm. I pass the 
pass the baton to someone else or can I be like, hey, let's check back in July or August and kind of being okay if the brand is like okay with that, but sometimes they aren't and they move on because their budget is for that month or that time period. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, it's just that weird balance of like, uh, like the, it's a business, but also it's my values and morals. And sometimes that does, the lines do get crossed. Unfortunately, it's yeah. like, you have to really make your own belief system again in a way that's different because you are living and breathing and taking action steps on your page and it's very vulnerable but for me it's exciting like I I welcome the challenges I welcome the adversity and I welcome the the haters and the lovers and the people in between because I feel like it's just starting conversations and people I've noticed a lot on social media even right now for example a lot of partnerships are happening after people speak up about the hate they get like a lot of my friends are showing the messages they get on their pages like of disgusting dms and comments and putting it over their pages and like um one of my friends Matthew and Michael like they're a gay couple in Portland and they had like I I thought my friend found a reddit a reddit thread and sent it to me I was like isn't this your friends and I was like yeah I was like a whole reddit thread of like people either really loving them being a couple or really hating them and like just being like I can't believe this is the world we live in but other people being like oh my god I love this so it's interesting to see how much social media has an opinion on every little thing and then now it's like a way of people making money and income because our personas are being so attacked nowadays. Like everyone has mm-hmm. an opinion on every person on social media that I guess consumerism and even like brands are switching up their partnerships to talk about real people nowadays, which is interesting. Like for me, it's like, it almost, I don't know how to explain it. Like maybe you can explain it better, but I feel like social media is transitioning into this authentic space but even that is becoming kind of um, like well, performative. Like, or... Right. It's like, what the hell is authentic? You know? Yeah. Like, how can you tell? Um, and like I said, it's like a freaking bubble. You know? People are, are essentially like bubbles. Obviously, when you meet them in real life, you get to see what's inside. You get to see the layers. Or I guess you could say we're like onions, like Shrek, you know? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just like kind of like the way that I think about it. And I totally agree with you. The more you speak up about things that you believe in, um, you know, I think it, that's what adds character. And that's how people get to know you. And when a lot of people um, spend their spend their life like not talking about things. It, it can cause like a lot of rage and a lot of mental health um, like questions. But back to what you said about partnerships and boundaries being crossed a lot, and and in in terms of like your own values versus a paycheck. I mean, it really does happen. It happens in the industry mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. And at the end of the day, I think what you have to do is just make sure that you are staying true to your brand and at at the very least also offering something to your audience. Like if it doesn't apply to your audience at all, then I feel like people do see right through it. But at the same time, there are different niches and there's people who just want to be fashion people or post bikini photos or, um, you know, post only memes. And that's that kind of account. And I don't think those kinds of people are horrible people. I'm sure they still care about causes, or at least I would like to think they do. But um, those people are not the kinds of people I'm following on the internet. I don't know about you. And I think that that's yeah. really important as well. Yeah, I think something important, I guess, to share is like, there's so much money in social media marketing, like, it's ridiculous. Like, um, 
and you have to really t- check your integrity. Like I had a fast fashion brand reach out to me a year and a half ago and they were willing to pay me like $5,000 a month to post mm-hmm. three or four times with their clothes. But I had to say no because I was like, if I do this five, four to five posts a month for this brand, I'm going to look so different and tacky and I ha- I'm going to have no control. I'll, I'll have no say in the things I care about. I'll get a paycheck and then I'll just have to stay in that fashion lane forever. And I think a lot right. of times people, that's, but that's, if you think about that, sometimes people's jobs in real, in, in any situation, I was going to say real life, but social media is our job. So I guess it's real life, but it's not, who knows, but people take paychecks for work all the time for jobs they don't like. But when you step into the activism advocacy space, like we're doing, you really do have to check yourself because you are really representing yourself and what you believe in. And that's when the thing changes. If you're just representing a makeup, you know, makeup page or fashion page, you can totally wash your identity away and just focus in on what you like and dislike about that space. Mm. And I'll give yourself a little bit of space to do Q and A's and lives, but for the most part, you can really be safe. But when you finally speak up and that's what we talked about earlier, when you speak up, everyone has an opinion and it can, cancel you or clock you or educate you and whatever you have whatever you go through like you have to be willing to take it on because you're entering a space where education is needed and amplification of more people in that space is important but also you're not a superhero you don't have to do everything on your own like it built it's it's i think it's more worthwhile when you do that because you step in a space where other people can support you and really get to know you and then also maybe reflect on themselves of what they want to do and what they want to speak up in offline, online, volunteering wise. And then the algorithm does really work. Like a lot of people don't realize like social media has an algorithm, many, many algorithms. And when I talk about mental health or anything, like I can't even tell you how many times like brands have reached out to me like, Hey, I found you because you use this one hashtag or because you did this one post a year ago. And it's like, Oh, like it's still, it's still out there in the, in the internet world. And the more you talk about certain topics, like it does bring more traffic to your page. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like, it's just really about making sure that you are also looking at what we talked about in the beginning of this, like looking at the people at the company, if you can, like, sometimes before I work with a brand, I look at who I'm talking to on LinkedIn, so I can put a face to the name. Um, I don't know if that's like, very type A, or that's just like stalkerish, but whatever, I do it. Because now I mean, in in real life, I guess I would receive like a phone call, maybe, but now it's all over email. And I just prefer to like, see someone's face or hop on a call. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> and, and I do think like, you can build a brand um, and still speak your mind and speak your truth, but you can also build a brand and have it be like a product. Like, are you a product? Are you an entertainer? Are you an educator? And whatever category you fall under, you're always going to be learning and you'll always have something to teach to someone. But the key thing is you're learning and it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to call yourself out when you're not doing enough um, or when something's really even scary. Sometimes I know with my chronic illness recently, I started taking a new medication and it's kind of scary because of some of the side effects. Um, I'm getting the third dose of the vaccine and, you know, I'm a little bit nervous because of the side effects, but at the same time, I know if I do that because I'm immunocompromised, it can inspire other people who are 
immunocompromised to protect themselves even more and to do something that gives them a peace of mind and makes their mental health better at the end of the day. So it does come full circle. And, you know, I'm sure you get this too, because you have a very large platform and you probably have a lot of DMs that you go through. But when, when people reach out and they say, you know, what you said or, or the post that you made or the story that you did or the live or the blah, blah, blah. It really affected me. Or this is why we chose you for a campaign because of not only your art, but because of your words and because of your, your storytelling ability. Um, that's why we want to use you. We want to use that story to inspire as many people as possible. So um, I really love that. I wanted to ask anyone who wants to like come up and talk and ask questions to Owen um, or to me about mental health, social media, brand deals, feel free to raise your hand now and we'll just kind of hang out for the next 10-ish minutes or so. Um, but Owen, this was so amazing. You are so inspirational and just so real and I love you. Um, this is if anyone wants to raise their hand and come on up. Now's your time. I know we had uh, a couple people down in the chat that were talking. I know we had, is it Elite? Am I saying your name right? Elite Pierre. Um, if you want to come on up, you can raise your hand. Um, I see we have Rachel and Ethan and Ashley and Jenison and a bunch of other random accounts that I have no idea what they are and Emma. Um, but if you want to come on up, now's your time. So now I usually just hang out a little for five minutes and if they don't, then I'll just chop this part out of the out of the show. Um, but yeah, 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 I think that's so cool. Like, I think it's so important to continue the conversation of mental health and like just realizing we're all people. Like, I feel like everyone, regardless of your thoughts on social media, like everyone has a fascination with it, or everyone is on some sort of social media platform. So I'm just always like encouraging everyone to like figure out what they're passionate about, and then if they they want to share it like social media is just such a great tool to incorporate everything you're doing to really make a difference and a stamp in that space so oh hello hi elite we have you up here um if you have a question like feel free to ask but yes owen so important to always continue the conversation and i know people always say you know Every, everything with certain people or in certain times is a safe space. And when we say that, I, I really think it just means you're able to express what you want judgment free and you're going to be somebody that is not going to attack them for any way that they feel. Um, and not in a way that we're free therapy because definitely consult a psychologist for therapy. <laughs> um, but, you, you know, in my sphere of the world, I, I really let people send me dms if they want to talk about something yes. or um things like that so i always invite that conversation um but without further ado elite if you have any questions let's go yeah i'm here can you hear me okay oh yeah it's perfect okay perfect yeah so um real quick intro about me i'm a 20-year combat veteran i did one combat tour over in kuwait and iraq Wow, and, um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support. So, um, I'm a disabled veteran. I'm 80% disabled, and mm -hmm. um, I'm diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, um, sleep sleep apnea, anxiety, depression, um, and those are the, like my ma my major diagnoses. Um, I've been a I call myself a social media influencer, right? I don't have a hundred thousand followers, but um, I've been active on social media for about the last nine years or so. Um, and I've built a, a pretty, a pretty decent size audience. And for me, um, I believe that in what, what you said, you know, a few times you kind of, you kind of led towards Gigi is 
um, a, a place for to have someone to talk to. Yeah, it's not it's not that professional place, but you know, sometimes being able to share your thoughts uh, on your timeline or go live and just kind of communicate your personal, um, you know, feelings, thoughts, beliefs, or troubles, trials, and tribulations with the world and just getting that direct feedback. Sometimes that is much more than just sitting inside a small box, which you can kind of find yourself. So for me, social media has definitely been a bridge of wellness and, and growth. Um, you know, bridging that gap between mental illness or not mental illness, but mental challenges and social media, um, being around in, in, in a living, breathing thing. Absolutely. I also think what you said is really interesting because not only have you used it to foster a community, you've used it to express your voice and to almost like, in a way, start to heal, I think, from some of the PTSD that you might have and to connect with a community of people. Um, I've done a similar thing as well within my community, um, specifically disabled women and chronically ill women. Um and it, it, it's really just been something that I have found to genuinely, like, freely talk about similar issues without feeling like it's weird. Like, really building that confidence to advocate for myself outside of that network as well. You know, like, you're, you're then able to have conversations with people who might not understand. And you can invite them in and say, look, here's what I got going on. I got a bunch of pals doing the same thing. This is my field of expertise. This is, you know, what I do every single day. These are the people I surround myself with. These are, you know, the values that I uphold. Um, here's how you can better understand me and how we can work better together, how we can live better together, how we can have a better conversation, you know? Um, and that's what I think is really important. And sometimes it just takes a little courage. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> The last thing I'll share with everyone is if you look at my profile picture, that hat that I have on, it says PTG. That stands for post-traumatic growth. Yes, um, my, big fan. My breakthrough in, in mental health was when I was introduced to post-traumatic growth and, and breaking down the growth that takes place after trauma and how it's actually stepping stones to a better existence versus being stuck in that trauma. Um, so I advise anyone who's listening, Google search post-traumatic growth tonight and, and just and, and just educate yourself on what happens naturally and how you can, um, you know, you can 10x that. You, like going yeah. for walks when, you, when, when, when you're angry to cool down. What if you went for a walk when you're not angry as a routine and it, and it regulated you so you don't get angry in right. those moments when, when you're pressured? Things like that. I mean, post-traumatic growth has been a breakthrough for me. And I, I just wanted to share that. Yeah, that's a big uh, thing I've talked about with one of my, uh, two of my, one of my amazing guests that I've had on two separate episodes. Her name's Tiffany Yu. She's a disability advocate. But um, post-traumatic growth, I think the biggest thing, at least for me, although 2020 and 2021 have been a bit difficult, I think the work from home setup has been a time where I've gotten to grow um, despite it being very traumatic and losing friends and, you know, being isolated and, and things like that. And that was not easy by any means. I think also something big with post-traumatic growth here is honoring the fact that you did go through something traumatic and that you did go through something that affected your mental health, but you were able to kind of 
flip the narrative in a way and say, you know what, I could use this to, like you said, sit in a box and be sad, or I could use it to really push myself and go outside and build my confidence or um, find a new way to communicate with people or talk about what I'm going through. So I really love that. Thank you so much for coming up. Absolutely. Thank you. And Owen, <laughs> I, I salute you, brother, for, 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 for everything that you've been able to accomplish. And I encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. And thank you for sharing your story. It's so motivational. And I love that what you talked about when you stand for, I think it's so important for everyone to stand in their power versus like play victim. Like I feel like just more power yeah. to you. You're doing so much good work. It's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I'm going to invite anyone else up. This is your time. This is your time to raise that hand. If you want to come up and share your story, we just had a lead up on, um, he's a very inspirational person. I'm very glad to be connected. Um, I see some other people. We're talking about social media, mental health, and pressure. Um, this is an episode of my podcast, Everything You News Then. So um, if no one else comes up, then I will close the room in just a couple of minutes. So um, any other people? I know, Rachel, you work in social media if you have any thoughts. But if not... Um, I guess I guess I'll, I guess I'll just end it. Why not? Um, but okay, Owen, we have talked about so many amazing things tonight: mental health, um, advocacy, your journey, the work that you do, and how you stay motivated to continue going. Before you go, I usually ask my guests. Um, I know you mentioned your mantra earlier, but is there something within that you specifically say to yourself to keep you going? Um, yeah. Oh, I love that question. And I've loved this time. I think, you know, just to repeat what I said, like being the author of my own story really resonates with me because mm-hmm. it, let, it allows me to let go of expectations and just be present in the now. Right. Just being totally present and okay with whatever happens and not rushing this, this precious one life that we all live. You know, it's like, and just being very open-minded to what's to come and what people and adventures are to come like life has a lot of value. So I just encourage everyone to have that focus and mindset for themselves and whatever Avenue they choose to be in. Yeah, that is so amazing. Everyone, you only got one life. You really do. So he's basically saying, write your own story. People, you can do it. I believe in you. If if no one else does, I do. And Owen does too. Um, But thank you so much. Tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Yeah, everyone can find me at Owen Pearson on all platforms, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And I always tell people my first and last names are spelled an I, not an E. Because when you <laughs> take the I's out of my name, I become my own person. Oh, Owen, that is so motivational. I love this. Um, thank you so, so much for coming. Have a fantastic night. I'm going to close out this room. Um But if anyone wants to come chill in another room, I'm going to go live later tonight as well um, just to hang out. So thank you so much, Owen. This was fantastic. Thanks to everyone listening. Make sure you tune in next week. I have an amazing guest. His name is Markion Benamu. He is the founder of the Smile Squad and the Smile Skits. Um, He is one of my longtime friends and honestly, the reason why I am an influencer today. Uh, So please come and tune in to him next week. Uh, Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great rest of your week. Love you all. Bye-bye.